0: everybody and welcome to your spiritual best friend on spotify or wherever you guys are listening to the podcast i am the host josh sanchez and the purpose of your spiritual best friend is to connect spirituality mental health and astrology all in one because it's important for everyone to realize that we are all on our own spiritual journey at the end of the day So the more we open up, the more we are able to connect with each other and grow as a collective society. So sit back and relax and enjoy your spiritual best friend. Hey everybody and welcome to episode three, season two of your spiritual best friend. I am your host Josh Sanchez and for today's podcast we're gonna have some fun today we're gonna talk about avoidance which is a great topic I've been dying to talk to you guys about we're also going to do some astrology update as well we're gonna do some Pluto and Aquarius that officially starts tomorrow January 20th so it's going to be a crazy shift of energy if we're already not feeling that already And then we're also going to end the podcast with some weekly tarot. So those are our topics for today. And before we get started, like always, guys, please like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, wherever you guys listen to your spiritual best friend. I'm here connecting mental health and astrology together. But before we get started with this first topic, I just want to give a shout out again I do astrology readings, and I also do some tarot card readings as well. So if you guys are interested in learning a little bit more about yourself, learning more about the current transits in astrology and more, don't be a stranger. Feel free to reach out. I'm here to help you guys at the end of the day. And once May hits, I will now have my master's as well. So it's going to be a couple of exciting, a lot of exciting news coming this year for the podcast and also for myself. But without further ado, I figured out we can start with our first topic. We're going to talk about avoidance because whether you guys realize we do this directly or indirectly, we are constantly avoiding something, right? Avoidance. So what? Well, how do we get started with avoidance? So I figure we can always start with the definition, right? Avoidance, it's normal to avoid or push away whatever feels intense or uncomfortable. But this only works for a while. Over time, resisting difficult thoughts, emotions, even people or actions, makes them worse and drains you mentally, physically, all the above. In order for you to live a full and meaningful life, you must open to all of your inner experiences even the unpleasant parts of yourself. So avoidance can look in many different ways. We could avoid the negativity we feel towards ourselves, which we're going to explain the different types of that as well in this podcast. But also we can avoid people, situations, right? We can see how it's a trickling effect. We start to avoid the things in ourselves, and then we start to avoid outside factors taking job opportunities, all of that stuff, because we're masking those negative emotions, thoughts, feelings within ourselves. However, there might be some traumatic experiences that have happened to you guys that have caused you guys, you know, to avoid certain people or certain things. And that is okay as well. However, you know, avoidance, if we are avoiding what is fulfilling us, it's going to continue to feel like something is missing right and until we learn to embrace some of those challenges and confront avoidance which we're going to talk a little bit about on this first segment then that's when we can start to live that full fulfilling meaningful life it can feel like something's missing at times and again so that's something just to put in the question what are you avoiding um that's going to be our question for today's podcast and again if you guys want to shoot me an email anything like that I'm here to help you guys again but man avoidance we all do it I know I have done it many times throughout my life whether that is my negative feelings towards myself or even you know avoiding confrontation I know that was something that I have I used to struggle with a lot when I was younger and up until recently I've been challenging myself by opening up more and I'm not going to lie. Like I know my dad will tell you this. I know I've, I know when it comes to me and his relationship, like there was a lot of, there was a time period where I would try to avoid talking, interacting, all of that fun stuff because I was just masking my true feelings, how I really felt and same for him as well. Like it goes both ways. Communication is a two-way street. However, you know, like until we learn to confront the avoidance, the emotional pain, all of the above, it's going to feel like something is missing. So I just wanted to first share and open up about myself first before we really get into this topic. So how do we confront avoidance? First, here is some commonly avoided experiences. So thoughts, right? Thoughts that evoke strong emotions. Or have disturbing content or even trigger your anxiety that could be something we're avoiding we could be avoiding emotions so any intense feelings especially ones that are heavier states such as guilt anger shame or even grief right and also sensations so these are for my people that get overstimulated with something for those that do not know what stimulation is think of your five senses in your body right you have touch sight, taste, smell, and hearing, right? When someone is overstimulated, either, and it's going to look different for everybody, but usually either one sense is really heightened, either like a sense of hearing and you're hearing everything, or even like your vision, you might be like seeing spots or seeing things from a distance, or you might be experiencing multiple different sensations where a couple of your senses are just uncontrollable. And it's so whenever you see someone that is overstimulated, that is usually what happens. Um, So that's something just to keep an eye on if you know any loved ones or even if you're even if yourself, you've been through this before in your experiences. So those are the three commonly avoided experiences. And again, we typically try to avoid these. We might do this indirectly, but also directly as well. So. Here is some typical avoidance strategies. And this is something where I'm gonna read this next part. Uh, And I did this awesome ACT group about confronting avoidance, which we're sharing on this podcast. So there's four typical avoidance strategies. So there's four. Number one is distraction. So while useful in small doses, right? So it's naturally okay for us to use something to distract us from something that we are feeling, right? especially if it's an intense emotion or an intense thought or even an intense sensation. But over time, right, distraction becomes a way of resisting what you're experiencing. Examples could include excessive watching of TV, checking on your phone, or even overworking yourself. Like if you know you have a chill day coming up and you don't want to confront what you're avoiding, all right, now I'm going to book something to stay busy So that way, you know, I'm distracting myself from opening up to the thing that is avoiding me. So that is the first type of avoidance strategy. So that is distraction. The second one is denial. So this one is a defense mechanism. If you guys know in my, I've done podcasts on grief. I've also interviewed people on grief as well. Denial is usually one of the toughest stages. This is involving our brains are naturally wired to protect us from embracing intense situations, right? Or feelings or emotions. Sometimes it can be good, right? Because especially if something happens initially, if we play it like play it like nothing happened, it's sort of protecting us, right? However, over time, if we are not, if we are staying in denial and not embracing or processing what's going on, we can be in our own delusional state. And have no concept of the physical reality. What's actually in front of you. So this is typically where you might see a lot of people that are delusional. I mean we all have delusions. I don't want you guys to take it the wrong way. Like I mean I was just being very delusional last week. Over I had this like fake sense of like the truth of what's going on over a situation. We've all been there before. However right like if we continue to use denial. It's going to continue to make us be in this delusional state so denial can work for the short term but it soon traps you like i said in the fantasy world of your own making so this is something just to keep an eye on so for anyone that is experiencing delusions you could be going through denial and we are not embracing that denial all right so that's two so far i went through the first two the third one is projection so this is your classic bully So if you guys know what a bully is, right? Bullies usually pick on people because there's something about them that they don't like about themselves. So instead of embracing the feeling of themselves, they project it onto others. This could also be a classic of a abusive parent. So a parent that either feels shame or guilt with how they have parented in the past or are currently parenting, end up projecting their own pain their own emotions onto their children. I mean, we've all been there. I mean, I'm the oldest of my siblings. There's been some times where I'm not in a good mood and I might take it out on somebody else. I know I've d- I used to do that a lot when I was younger, but projection is natural, right? However, you know, like it's, and to some extent, right, like we do it to deflect the pain. So instead of us embracing the pain, we are inflicting it on somebody else. So this is where typical narcissism can fall into place if we are continuously projecting our problems onto other people and not embracing or recognizing what we are going through. But again, projection is another response right, of avoidance. So this allows you, again, like you're not taking ownership of your mistakes or your situation. Instead, you are viewing someone else as the problem instead oh, it's not me, it's this person. This person's doing this, this, and this. I'm not in the wrong. So that is projection. And the last one is opting out. So this is if you're unwilling to confront tough emotions, you might avoid people, places, situations, any any place or people or or things that bring up uncomfortable feelings. So this is your classic... I'm not showing up. I'm not going. I'm not, I'm no state. I'm staying in my place. I am not embracing anything. Right. And to some extent, it can be good to opt out, right. Especially if our situation is so traumatic and we've already tried to confront what's going on and people are not respecting it or the situation's not getting any better. However, if we are constantly opting out of our intense feelings right eventually we're not gonna be able to do anything or function in society because we're constantly running away from what is it that we're truly feeling this is you see this a lot in a lot of movies as well a lot of tv shows as well people typically the main protagonist will run away from their problems either in the movie or something and then they realize that they cannot run away from their problems and they need to embrace the problem that is faced in the movie. So that is your classic like you see your main protagonist in the movies typically go run away maybe on a journey um for some they get it for some for some people they don't. But those are the four types of avoidance. So we got projection we got opting out, we got denial, and we got distraction. So now that we talked about the typical avoidance strategies, to wrap up this topic, it's just a three-step process on what we're going to do to confront avoidance. Step number one, name what you are avoiding. It is common to try to avoid or suppress unpleasant thoughts, emotions, or sensations. Name what you're, pu- name what you're pushing away the most right? It could be anger. It could be physical pain, difficult thoughts, right? Either jotting that down or saying it to yourself, like, this is the problem I'm trying to avoid away. You know, like, this is the problem I'm trying to avoid. And ask yourself, what's the cost of avoiding this? And how could you benefit from confronting it? So this takes, in order to reach this first step, we have to be aware that there is an issue, that I've reached a point where I am avoiding too much and I am not healthy, right? So until you get to that point, don't even think about this first step. But once you guys do, that's the first question you gotta ask yourself. What's costing you, like by you avoiding, what is it costing you? How could you benefit if you confronted what was going on, right? And I would say for the longest time for me, especially when I was younger, and my relationship with with my father was not the best. I know there was a time period we didn't see each other for years. And there was an opportunity for me to reach out, just like how there was an opportunity for my father to reach out. But in my mindset, I was not thinking that at all. And it took until like I started to take time to reflect on myself, like what is the benefit of me reaching back out and trying to talk it out with my dad about what's going on? You know, like there was parts of me that was suppressed parts of me that were, I would say hard, you know, like I, I just kept inside and didn't express or interact with people, you know, and until you answer that question, that can really help you get through that first step. And again, this, this, uh, this PDF, I'll make sure to put it in the show description as well. Um, And this is an AC to ACT um, type of treatment. So this is a, um, this is avoiding, this is acceptance commitment therapy. So again, I mix up all the different types of therapy. I'm not just one. I don't want to be just one specialist. I'm going to be a multiple. Like, all right, you need this, you need this, because everyone's going to need something different. So that's step number one. Number two, examining your limiting beliefs. So your beliefs about your inner experience affect your willingness to be present to it. Write down two beliefs related to what you've listed in the previous step such as the belief that certain emotions or sensations are dangerous, wrong, or proof of weakness, right? So you answer the first question, you name what you're avoiding, and you think about the cost of it. Then number two is you're examining what do you believe about this, either emotion, this thought, this idea, right? Because we all have beliefs about certain situations or beliefs about um, certain things, right? And this is sort of like thought diffusion where we are challenging some of the thoughts that we're thinking. We're writing them down and then we're challenging it. Okay, like, does this make sense? If I were to tell a friend this belief, how would they take what I'm saying? Like, would they look at me and be like, dude, you're delusional or girl, you're delusional. Like, you know, we all have those friends that keep it real, right? So <laughs> so that's a, that's a good one as well. Um, So that's question two. So you look at the beliefs and then you ask, are they 100% true? If not, what would a more balanced viewpoint look like? And then the third step, welcoming your difficult experiences. So ongoing opening to difficult experiences, especially ongoing difficult experiences, requires patience and ongoing commitment. Identify a situation that often brings up the undesirable thought, emotion, or sensation you have. So think about the triggers that's going on in this event. Describe two ways you can welcome the experience next time. So I'm not saying, what I'm not trying to say is if this is involving another person, obviously, like, we're not going to welcome this person in because this person has caused a lot of pain. But instead, for you and yourself, like, okay, how can I reflect on what this person might have done to me or has has done in the past? Um... And looking at it that way, instead of, okay, like I'm not going to confront the person. I might not be ready to do that now, but I would say again, like how can you challenge yourself to when this emotion gets brought up, what can you do to embrace that? Because eventually if it is, it all depends on your situation, but if it's something involving a parent and maybe the parent has grown a new leaf and they're learning new things about themselves then okay we got to learn to open up and embrace those chat those challenges right but again everyone's situation's different so i don't want you to think like you know this this activity might apply to you this might activity might not but this is just another reference to help you guys out as well and again i'll put the pdf link in the show description so you guys can check that out and you know work on that avoidance um so that is our first topic um, I know it was a longer one. We talked a lot about avoidance. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I want you guys to simply think to yourself, what is it that you're truly avoiding? And think and just challenge yourself. It's okay to avoid certain things. However, if we are continuously doing that, we're losing parts of ourselves. Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by PodCash as a collaboration between Racket and Stir. PodCash gave away over $100,000 to up-and-coming podcasters as a way to support insanely creative and inspiring podcasters. We know how difficult it can be to get a podcast off the ground and running, but with PodCash, it's a great way to get cash. And best of all, it's all free for your podcast. So if podcasting has been on your to-do list or you're already a podcaster, go to podcast.com to stay up to date with future podcast happenings. That's again, podcast.com, P-O-D-C-A-S-H.com. I hope to see your future podcast. All right, so for our next podcast, or not podcast, our next topic, we are going to talk about Aquarius season because today is the official start of Aquarius season and a big planet has shifted. Pluto. Pluto is a little planet, but it carries very deep and intense meaning to it. Pluto is this idea of transformation, rebirth, and this idea of... Just like huge, big evolution. Pluto stays in a sign roughly, and this is just an estimate, around like 20, 22 years around there. So this is where you start to see generations of people and the differences between one generation and another generation. So for instance, my parents' generations, if you are born in... I would say you guys were born 20 something. So when I was born in 1998, add 20 years back to that. Your guys' Pluto is Scorpio. My Pluto, my generation's Pluto is Sagittarius. Those two signs are completely different energies. This is why you see a lot of like the older generations having clashes with some of the new generations that are now entering into the workforce our pluto's to pluto's in my generation so like i would so i'm i got to remember exactly what generation cuz i know i'm really close between millennial and gen z um however though that's a whole other thing well that's a whole other thing i don't want to get too sidetracked but our pluto's in sagittarius so we're more free spirited how we do things are going to be different than the traditional norm and how we do things we don't want to be restricted we don't want to be told What's exactly going on? Versus the older generation, their Pluto was Scorpio. Scorpio is the opposite of Sagittarius. It's all about deafness and possessiveness, right? So it's like, we're going to, this concept of loyalty, this intense loyalty and possessiveness is so important. And that's where you start to see the generations split. So for the past 20 years, give or take, Pluto has been in Capricorn. And there's been times where Pluto's been in retrograde. So it's gone back to Sagittarius and then back to Capricorn. But for the longest time, that's been the energy. So Capricorn energy is very traditional in a sense. Like it's all about discipline, routine, practicality, analytics, right? Getting stuff done, being physically active, right? Um, However, now that it's going into Aquarius energy, Aquarius energy is completely different from Capricorn energy. Aquarius is more of an air energy, so it's going to be more aloof and revolutionary in regards to how things move. Capricorn's an earth, so it sticks to the traditions, the structure, what's already set in front, and taking it the next step forward. However, on the other side, Aquarius is this idea of, aloof, of aloofness, freedom rebellion right we're going to do this completely different than the traditional norm so expect some big changes over the course of the next 20 years and some change because i'm not going to lie to you guys i mean things naturally do change a lot in 20 years but there's a difference between specific two decades and another specific two decades like think of like when the world wars happened right like that all happened in the span of 20 years And then for the next 20, there was different changes, but Aquarius energy, it brings a more revolutionary humanitarianism, future oriented type of change, change for the bigger picture, right? To benefit society long-term. So that's Pluto and Aquarius again, and, and Pluto again is this idea of growth, evolution, transformation, right? So this is also for a sense of individual change as well. So again, just think of radical shifts, radical leaves in that, in that way. Um, this is actually very interesting. If you guys want to know a quick fact, you know, the American Revolutionary War, right? Guess when this took place? Guess what sign Pluto was when the American Revolutionary War, what happened? it was in Aquarius. So that's a quick little fact for you guys to just explain again, Pluto and Aquarius and what's going to go down. And to share, Aquarius is also fixed energy. So if you are a fixed sign, whether that is a Taurus, Leo, Aquarius, or Scorpio, be aware of, be aware of the radical shifts. It might affect you a little bit more than others because Aquarius is also a fixed sign. So, That is a quick little brief segment on Pluto in Aquarius. I wanted to wrap up our astrology discussion with just a quick discussion on the Leo full moon because the Leo full moon will be taking place middle of next week. So I know we just got into Aquarius season, but now Leo energy is coming in the mix and it's going to cause some clashes between the sun and Pluto and also the moon which is leo leos right so aquarius is very aloof they want to put them they don't really want to put themselves out there they kind of just want to make big change and just keep it pushing leos are all about sunshine expression right putting yourself out there being creative being this ruler this idea of a king or royalty or a queen right a powerful woman a powerful man a powerful person right which is the complete opposite of Aquarius energy. Aquarius is like, all right, I'll get stuff done when I get it done. Um, I'm going to do things my way. It's going to be completely different than how I might have been brought up or the traditional norms, but I'll get it done. And uh, (laughs) yeah. So here are some affirmations for the Leo full moon. It's important to make space for everyone. I contribute to society in a unique way. I love my inner child and I am creative. The challenges during this moon, this might be something we might be starting to feel now or we might feel next week at times. Being too self-focused may dis- disrupt group dynamics. So are we focusing too much on ourselves? Um, pomp and circumstance, obscurity, scientific facts. So this is something just to keep an eye on too, like just random, obscure scientific facts or things that might get thrown your way but here is a really good exercise for you guys to do for this upcoming week i challenge you to write a letter to your inner child what would you say? because we all have a child fun side of us that wants to explore the world have fun right but as we get older sometimes or depending on what we experience we suppress this person inside of us So challenging yourself this week to write a little inner, write a letter to your inner child. What would you say? Do you want to connect more and be more creative? This could be an opportunity for you. So three reflection questions for the Leo Full Moon. Number one, what's my unique contribution to humanity? So think about the things you're doing. How are you helping people? How are you contributing to society? This is a really good first question. Like, all right, like even even if you work at a customer service job, you're still contributing. Like you're interacting with people, you're helping them with transactions. Like it does not have to, you don't have to have this dream job to figure out, oh man, am I contributing to humanity? We're always doing that every day. Whether that's a conversation, checking in on people, whether that's going on a walk, exploring nature, even helping clean up with some things, Right. How are you contributing to humanity? The second one, where have I seen generosity to be a success? So think of the moments where you've been generous to people. Has it been successful? What have you learned? So that's the second question. And the third one, do I give myself as much space and freedom as I need? Do you feel like you can be free? Do you feel restricted in certain areas? Again, Leo energy is all about boldness and putting yourself out there. is there a part of us that are restricting us from that so that's something just to keep an eye on so that's the leo full moon and again it's in another fixed energy so if you are a fixed sign scorpio taurus aquarius and leo you're going to feel all of these shifts right away real fast this week coming up not only is pluto in aquarius the sun is in aquarius and then the moon's in leo And it's all fixed energy. So for my fixed energy people, buckle up, be ready because this might be a week of things might be thrown at you. It might be intense change. It might be just new ideas on how to solve problems, or you might have new ideas or want to steer a new direction in what you want to go with. Like we all have these moments. So just be aware for my fixed signs because there is a lot of energy in a lot of fixed energy in the universe right now. So, I know for myself, I have a lot of Taurus placements. So, I that, know that's going to be something that I am going to have to be mindful of. But that is our second topic of today's podcast. So, we first started with talking about avoidance. We now just wrapped up our second topic on astrology and the Leo full moon and all of that fun stuff. We are going to wrap up today's podcast with a weekly tarot card reading. So before we get started, I'm going to grab my deck real quick. So bear with me, guys. And we're going to do our weekly reading like we always do. All right. Alright, I know I forgot my deck real quick. I was like, man, I gotta grab it. Alright, so this is my deck. It's the Modern Way Tarot. Um, shout out to my girlfriend, Namalo, for hooking me up with my first deck. And now, I'm going to give you guys a weekly reading. Before I always do this, of course, always thank your ancestors, thank the people before you, that came before you, and for presenting you into this world, and you're living your experiencing currently, right? So... Our question for everybody, including myself, is what energy should me and my podcast listeners expect for the upcoming Leo and full moon, or full moon in Leo? Said that backwards. And also Pluto shifting to Aquarius. So, what's energy? What should we expect, me and my podcast listeners? Answer this. Oh, wow. They want to talk. Ooh. This one, I might do, since it's for Pluto, I might do a five card reading. That's what it's feeling like. All right. So normally I do three, but today we're going to do five. And we'll see. I might even pull more out. um, But we'll go from there. All right. First card we got is we got the five of cups. So if you guys see, it's this person standing. There's cups on the ground. Oh, man. I'm looking at it. And I'm like, ooh. And, oh man, so. All right, let's see here, Five of Cups. Sadness, loss, despair. The Five of Cups tarot card denotes feelings of misery, loss, or grief. These emotions come as a result of a loss of something important to you. This might be a death of a loved one or end of a special relationship. When we lose someone or something we love, it can be challenging to see the positive. We allow ourselves to overcome by the sadness, regret, and loneliness that results from an event such as this. However, if you take the time to look around you, you will find many positive aspects of this event. Your family and friends will come together to support and love you, and you will become closer to them. This goes to show that even in darkest times, there's always a shining beacon of hope. All you must do is open your eyes and look around. It. Man, so what a first card. And also, once I am done reading, I'm going to switch everything to a to chronological order. So it looks like what we got is we got three of wands, four of wands, five, and then we got six, and then we got seven. All right, so. Five of Cups, man. So there's going to be some loss. There might be some despair. So I would say this is something, think of something you really cherish. You might lose something that you really like or you really care about this next week. Just be aware of that. And also, because I know this question, I know it was also pretty vague because I also added Pluto and Pluto is going to be in this transit for a while. Like over the years, you might lose some people you really care about and you know just be aware whether it's people or items or places or things that you've loved right Um, but also look at the silver linings of the event as well eventually as you learn to accept whatever loss comes your way that's the whole point is being able to accept right and once we accept the things for what they have done we start to learn okay here's some positives that i learned from this i became more self-aware I became closer with other people. I was able to grow from this event, right? So that's right in the middle. That's smack down in the middle out of the five cards. So now we're gonna get into the beginnings of the week, which seemed pretty good. So we got a lot of wand energy. So we got three of wands, exploration, travel, and two, sorry, intuitive ability and happy outcomes. This card is is like, if this card were a Disney movie, Uh, It would be a very magical, romantic place, right? So the three of wands urges you to go to distance. Whether the journey is related to business, finances, success, love, or self-care, doesn't matter very much. Courage, discipline, and expansion are the bridge from dreams to reality. Is there a certain place you've always wanted to travel to? Are you inching to move forward in life? Is there something that your higher self is urging you to explore? Embrace your inner leader and prepare to take off. Opportunities await if you are willing to leave your porch and meet them. If so, expect big rewards. So step out of your comfort zone. That's what it's saying right away. Step out of your comfort zone. If there's something that you've wanted to embrace or try, that's exactly what you're meant to do. And the fact that Leo's in in the full moon is going to push that creative energy for you right? So right away, having fun, doing something that you want to do that you haven't really thought about doing, um, and just tapping into that, having some fun. Number four, we got, sorry, number two, four of wands. Celebration, excitement, homecoming. Celebrate good times, come on. It's a celebration um, in the upright four of wands, one of the most positive cars found in a tarot. The four of wands predicts the celebration of a monumental achievement. If you're planning a wedding or a get together, this card confirms that the event will be a success. Take this opportunity to pull out all the stops and make it an event to remember. This card also has a more abstract interpretation. It tells us a story of feeling confident and being on the right path in life. Anyone wishing to go on a new adventure in life is in great shape to do it. When the Four of Wands appears in their reading, do you have a dream that you've always wanted to chase? Take advantage and doing. so this is a great week to chase after things that you are dreaming of it might be something you've envisioned i know last week we talked about values right it might be something that's getting you closer into your core values take advantage of this abundance of confidence and put yourself out there the third card i already talked about which is the five of cups we talked about loss despair thinking about the positives of it Next, we got the Six of Swords. So let me pull this out for you guys. Six of Swords, letting go of hatred, healing, moving forward. So this one goes hand in hand with the loss. So there's something we might lose over the course of these next couple of weeks. And the Six of Swords is telling us to let go of the hatred, the healing, and moving forward. The Six of Swords indicates that now is the time to leave your troubled or chaotic past behind you and move toward a brand new existence. Although it might be painful to leave these people in your past, you must do so to protect yourself and your inner peace. Walking away can be difficult, but sometimes it's the only logical choice. Are there people, places, or things that are toxic and you must leave left behind? Are you clinging to a past that is gone? The six of swords is a gentle hand ready to guide you forward if you're ready. So again, you've overcome hardship and healing is heading your way. waters are finally ahead. All you need to do is trust in yourself and keep the same momentum. So whatever loss that is planning on happening, you have the power to grow and overcome. However, you need to embrace and let go of the things that is bringing you down. And the last card. In this one, I am extremely nervous. I got the tower. Oh, man, this might be the first time I've gotten the tower card on a podcast. Man, so this is the major arcana. This is the end of the reading as well. So, hey, I wanted to do five cards. This is what I get. So here we go. The tower. Intense and sudden change. Release, tragedy, revelation. The tower signifies total destruction. If you have received the tower card, prepare for things to be leveled and dismantled. As with all loss, this will probably be a painful process. So this one goes right hand in hand. So we got these two sides to this reading. We got, we're going to have fun, right? It's going to be a celebration. We're going to put ourselves out there. We're going to pursue our dreams. However, the more we do that, the more we're going to feel like there's a loss, right? Like that's part of changing and evolving as a person, right? There might be things that you lose, as a result. But you have the power to let go. But there is going to be sudden change. It's going to happen and it's gonna happen fast. So the tower signifies total destruction. If you have received the tower card, prepare to be leveled and dismantled. <laughs> as with all loss, this will particularly be a painful progress process, but it can also lead to a fresh start. Before you're able to make positive changes, you'll first, you first have to face the truth about a situation. Are you, a prayer, are you prepared to take your blinders off and take this personal crisis head on? Seeing through illusions and letting go of what you wish things to be is a very first step. You might not be able to stop the tower from tumbling down, um, but you can create, you can come to accept where you are right now in this moment. Now, instead of focusing on what can't be changed, think about what you can do to make things different. Although you may have to let go of old beliefs, now is the time to embrace your authentic self. So there might have been things you've been taught or brought up in your life that now there's going to be a change. There's going to be differences, right? And learning to embrace those changes is what is very important. Wow. So what a reading. So it starts off great. We got three of wands, abundance of confidence, celebration, having fun. But then we got loss. We got letting go of the hatred and the pain. And then we got the tower, sudden change and all of that stuff. So that is our tarot reading for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast in general. And again, I will put the avoidance reference in the show description as well as the questions I mentioned for the full moon in Leo. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. Stay safe. And I look forward to seeing you guys next week. I know I'm, I'm planning on getting interviews soon. I've been reaching out to people. I'm just waiting for the response. And also next week, we'll talk a little bit about part of a journey I am on for myself, which I will disclose on the next podcast. But I hope you guys have a wonderful night. Again, stay safe. And this is Josh officially signing off. Well, would you look at that? You guys made it to the end of the podcast. If you guys love the podcast overall, please drop a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Your ratings would really help boost the podcast overall. So again, if you guys are loving the podcast, follow me on my socials too at Your Spiritual BFF. You just search that and I'm all over social media. But I hope to hear you guys soon. And I'm glad you guys enjoyed the podcast.